Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. Again, we're podcasting a Bible class every Sunday morning, posted at 9.30 Central Time, for all of those who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, or those who are in other parts of the country and may not have ready access to the Lord's Church, maybe not able to get out very well. But also, we know there are people listening in other parts of the country and around the world who want to study God's Word. And so we're glad, we're thankful that God has blessed us with the opportunity, the ability, and the means to teach His Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. If you are in the Omaha area, we hope, we pray that you will come and worship and study and grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30, and our Sunday evening worship at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. Midweek Bible classes are on Wednesday evenings at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of our services, all of our Bible classes. We hope you will take advantage of these opportunities to be with us and study God's Word with us. And again, worship Him and grow spiritually with us. Get to know us better and let us get to know you better. Now, we also encourage you, wherever you might be listening, to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. When you go there, click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Tell all your friends and your family members to do this as well, because it offers everybody an opportunity to really get a great deal of teaching from God's Word for free and on an ongoing and consistent basis. When someone signs up for a podcasting, and again, it's free, it always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. They will automatically receive to their smart device, their smartphone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever they choose, our Sunday morning Bible class, our all of our sermons, our Wednesday night Bible class, and a daily Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. And they will also receive seven days a week a a Bible study, a Bible class we call today's Bible class. It's only about 13 minutes long each day, but it gets us into God's Word every single day. And that's important because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So it helps keep us strong and even grow stronger in our faith as we get into God's Word every single day, even for that short period of time. Now, all of that will go to your smart device free and consistently. While you're at our website, churchofchrist.com, you can also access hundreds of spiritually based and scripturally focused articles and hundreds of sermons. A great many of those now are on video format as well as audio format. And all of that, again, is free and always will be free. So, Tell all your friends, your family members, you know people in your life who need to grow in their faith. They need to start thinking about their relationship with God, about their souls, about eternity, because it's coming. So share these studies and share our website with them. 
You might help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them. But it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our study in Deuteronomy. I want to read the first part of chapter 3. And again, in Deuteronomy, we find Moses and the nation of Israel poised on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, getting ready to cross. Now, Moses will not cross because God's not going to allow him to be in the promised land because of his sin dating back to a point in the wilderness where he took the glory for himself instead of giving it to God before the people. But now the nation is going to cross the Jordan River into the promised land, the land of Canaan at that time, and begin to conquer that land, and that will be their national identity. It will be the land of Israel thereafter. But Right now, the book of Deuteronomy, they're all poised on the eastern bank of the Jordan River, and Moses is going back over their history and reminding them, and particularly reminding them about the last 40 years or so where they've been piddling around in the wilderness because of the weakness of the faith of the fathers and grandfathers who are now dead. They've died off in the wilderness But the children now are the adult generations, and their faith is stronger, and God is going to lead them into that promised land. Now, this is a promise that God had made to the forefathers of the Israelites going all the way back to Abraham hundreds and hundreds of years before. Now they're ready. They're ready to receive that land. In chapter 3, at the end of chapter 2, Moses, part of that history over the last 40 years or so. He's reminding them about how God gave them victory over King Sihon in the wilderness wilderness of of Kedemoth, the the king of Heshbon, as they came into battle against the Israelites, and God gave them the victory. And now in chapter 3, then we turned and went up the road to Bashan, And Og, king of Bashan, came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edrei. And the Lord said to me, Do not fear him, for I have delivered them and all his people into and his land into your hand, and you shall do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt at Heshbon. So the Lord our God also delivered into our hands Og, king of Bashan, with all his people, and we attacked him until till he had no survivors remaining. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we did not take from them, 60 cities, all the region of Argob, the kingdom of Og, and in Bashan. All these cities we for, were fortified with high walls, gates, and bars, besides a great many rural towns. And we utterly destroyed them, and we did so, or and we did as we did to, to Sihon, king of Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, women, and children of every city. But all the livestock and the spoil of the cities we took as booty for ourselves. And at that time we took the land from the hand of the two kings of the Amorites who were on the who were on this side of the Jordan, from the river Arnon to Mount Hermon, the Sidonians call Hermon Sirion, and the Amorites call it Sinir, all the cities of the plain, all Gilead, and all Bashan, as far as as, uh, Salkah, 
and Edrei, cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants. Indeed, his bedstead was an iron bedstead. It is not in Rabach of the people of Amma, uh, is it not in Rabach of the people of Abon? Nine cubits is its length and four cubits its width, according to the standard cubit. So once again, Moses reminding the Israelite people how God gave them victory over an enemy that came out to battle against them while they were traveling through the wilderness toward the promised land. I'm going to let you read the rest of chapter 3, and we're going to move on to chapter 4. And, and this is important because Moses here calls the people of Israel to obedience to God's teachings, to his word, to what God has guided Moses to write down as God's law for Israel. And this is a principle that we need to understand is still in force today. Now, not just to Israel, it's, it's enforced to everybody. If we're going to walk with God, then we're going to have to live by his teachings. If we want eternal life with him in heaven, we're going to have to follow his teachings obediently and consistently. And a lot of people, they, they want blessings from God, but they don't want to have to obey God. They want the ultimate blessing of eternal life, but they don't want to have to live the life of Christianity faithfully and obediently and consistently. Well, the principle of obedience, consistent obedience, living by God's teachings goes all the way back to the beginning of mankind, all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. God gave instructions to the first man, the first woman. And he expected them to live by those teachings, by those guidelines, by those commands. When they messed up and sinned, that changed everything. But God expects us to live faithfully. And faithfully means not just believing in God, but believing in him to the extent that we obey, consistently live by, obediently to his teachings communicated to us in his word, the Bible. We begin with verse 1 of chapter 4. Moses speaking, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. So he's saying, this is a condition for your being able to really take possession of the land that God has promised to you through your forefathers, and now is ready to give you, give to you. You need to live by his teachings. You need to live by his commandments, his judgments. In verse 2, he goes on and says, You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Now, that's interesting. In fact, we find this particular instruction that we are not to add to God's word, and we are not to take anything away from God's word. We're not to change God's word in any way because it is God's word. And we find this here in Deuteronomy chapter 4. We find it again in Deuteronomy chapter 12. We find it again in Proverbs chapter 30. We find it again in Revelation chapter 22. So from a broad overview, overview perspective, we see it all the way through God's word. 
Now, a whole lot of people do not like that particular principle. They want to change God's Word to fit their thinking, to make it convenient for them to live the way they want to live and still think they're following God's Word, God's teachings, that they're being obedient to Him and faithful to Him. We can't be faithful to God without being obedient to His teachings on a consistent basis. The two go together. They're part and parcel of one another. And so notice how specific Moses is here in this instruction. You don't add to the Word of God. A whole lot of people think they can, they can add to what the Scriptures say to the Bible. Oh, yeah, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to change it. Oh, oh wait, wait, you're changing it. You're adding to it or you're taking something away from it. And so Moses says, you shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. A whole lot of people think, well, you know, times have changed, and things aren't that way anymore, and so now we need to change those teachings a little bit, or a lot in many cases. We understand things better than we did back then. Things are not the same as they were back then. Right was right back then, wrong was wrong, and right is still right today, and wrong is still wrong. Evil was evil back then, and evil is still evil today. The devil was still leading people into unfaithfulness to God, disobedience to him, and thereby sin back then, He's still doing the same thing for people today. Here is a principle that I've tried to get across consistently for years in helping people understand that truth is truth. Whether anybody believes it or not, whether anybody likes it or not, whether anybody lives by it or not, it's still truth. You can take a vote and you can have 100% of people say, "I, I don't believe that. If it's truth, whether they believe it or not, it's still truth. Truth is not open to debate, and truth is not open to popular acceptance or rejection. It's truth because it is truth. That's not double talk. When somebody changes the truth by saying, well, I don't don't accept that part of what that truth is. It's no longer the truth. It's their way. If they say, well, I I think we need to add this, this point to it, that's no longer the truth. It's your way now. When the Apostle Paul was writing the churches in Galatia, in Galatians chapter 1, he said, I marvel that you have so soon turned away from the gospel to another gospel, which is not another. Well, what does he mean, to another gospel which is not another? There is no other gospel than the true gospel of Jesus Christ, which he brought from heaven to this earth when he came as the Savior, the Son of God. Paul goes on in great detail in that first chapter of Galatians, and he he says, Even if an angel from heaven were to preach to you a different gospel than what you have 
received. Let him be accursed. Don't believe him. And he says, if anyone, any person teaches a different gospel than what we have taught, don't believe him. Let him be accursed. You see, once you change the gospel message of Jesus Christ, it's no longer the gospel message of Jesus Christ. It's your gospel now. It's no longer the truth. It's false teaching. Whenever you change the truth in any way, it's no longer the truth. It's false. And so that's what Paul's getting, or what Moses is getting across here. Excuse me. He says, you don't add to God's word. You don't take anything away from God's word. Anytime you add to it, it's no longer God's word. It's your word. Anytime you take anything away from it, you say, well, I don't think that applies anymore or should apply anymore. But now it's no longer God's word. It's your word. And you are in error and in sin when you do either of those, add to it or take away from it. Now, that bothers a lot of people. We are not more sophisticated than God's word. We are not more intellectual than God's word. We're not smarter than those inspired writers who, by the guidance of God through the Holy Spirit, originally wrote down God's word. We need God's word as it is written for us to guide us in God's will. Well, Moses goes on in verse 3. He says, Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God has destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal, the idol, as many people pronounce it, Baal, a Peor, but you held fast to the Lord your God, uh, you who, le- you who led f- held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. The devil was tempting the Israelites all through those wilderness wanderings. He was tempting them in various ways to turn away from God, to rebel against God, to not follow God's commands. And many perished at particular points through judgment from God, pretty much on the spot. But all of those adult generations basically perished in the wilderness because of their weak faith, their wishy-washiness when it came to their dedication to God. And so Moses is reminding them, your eyes have seen what the Lord did, for the Lord your God has destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal of Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. God's blessings upon the obedient, the faithful, the truly faithful. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should act according to them in the land which you go to possess. So you've been looking forward to this blessing from God, that he's got this land that he wants to give you, that it will be your land, your national identity, or boundaries of your national identity as Israel, the nation of Israel. God's got that for you. But now, 
just because God gives you that land, he defeats those enemies before you, don't think you are not still responsible for living by God's instructions, his commandments. You are still responsible. Your faith stood tall as you grew up and continued that journey through the wilderness. Now, when God gives you that land, your faith still needs to stand tall through your obedience to his teachings. We move on. Therefore, be careful to possess, uh, to, to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who, fe- who, who hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Why? Because they're following God. For what great nation is there that God that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us. For whatever reason, we may call upon him. For whatever reason, for whatever need, God blessed the people of Israel during those days to be able to call upon him, to to be able to understand and have confidence that God is their God. All the idols of those nations around them, they were just statues, images, carvings. They were not gods. They were inanimate objects, and those people needed to understand about the true God. And Israel was supposed to be the example before them of believers in and obeyers of the true God. They were to stand as a great shining light of the difference between how they had been living, that is, those idol-worshiping nations— and how God's true people were living, the true followers of God. For what great nation is there that God that has God so near to it, as the Lord our God is to us, for whatever reason we may call upon him? And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in all this law which I set before you this day? Some idol-worshiping nations would actually offer human sacrifices to their idols. In some cases, even babies would be offered as human sacrifices to their idols. Well, you see, the people of Israel, following the laws, the commandments of the true God, stood head and shoulders in righteousness, in integrity, in example before those other nations. And they needed to understand that. They needed to keep living by God's teachings. In verse 9, he goes on and he says, only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb, that is Mount Sinai, when the Lord said to me, gather the people to me and I will let them hear my words and they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth that they may teach their children. Now, how sad it is that we have so many families, so many homes today that do not teach their children the Bible, the ways of God and godliness. 
Why? Because they're not living by the teachings of the Bible themselves. They're not living the ways of God and godliness themselves. And they're letting their children grow up not knowing, not truly and fully knowing God and his ways for their lives. And so Moses is emphasizing to the Israelites, teach your children, teach your grandchildren about God. Teach them his, his teachings, his commandments, his law, his way for their lives. Verse 11, then you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire to the midst of heaven, with darkness, cloud, and thick darkness. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but saw no form, only heard a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments that you might observe them in the land which you cross over to possess. In other words, in this land that you're getting ready to cross over this river and begin to possess the land that God has promised to you through your forefathers, going back hundreds and hundreds of years. We're going to stop here and pick up with verse 15 next time. And Moses is going to start giving them specific warnings as to what to stay away from. Idolatry in particular. And idolatry was going to be a temptation that would continue to tempt and test and try the faithfulness of the Israelites. They would struggle with it mightily for hundreds of years to come, and they would suffer the consequences of giving in to it time and time again until they finally put it away out of their conscience forever. Yeah, we'll pick up with verse 15 of chapter 4 next time. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, You are the true God, the only true God. Help people to open their eyes and see that the best life they can live with the greatest blessing, the greatest hope, the greatest promise, the greatest joy and fulfillment is a life lived according to your teachings, living by your instructions, your commandments, and a life that will lead them to an eternal home with you in heaven. Help them see, Father, and help us as your church help people all around the world see this truth. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.